Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And my guest this week is a Radio 1 institution who's finally taking the plunge after 24 years on the network and is moving to Radio 2. Born and raised in Southampton, he was fixated on a career in radio from an early age, dipping his toes into hospital radio at 14 before bombarding his local station Power FM with demo tapes, and being rewarded with his own regular show, albeit the graveyard slot, when he was just 16. He quickly rose through the ranks, following the work wherever he could find it, bouncing from Southampton to Bristol to Manchester to London's Heart FM in the 90s, before finally getting that all-important call from the BBC in 1998, when he started on the Radio 1 Early Breakfast Show. It kicked off two and a half decades of hilarious chat, raucous pranks, and award-winning radio. Listeners loved him, Pop stars trust him, and Lewis Capaldi even credits him with getting his career off the ground. Joined by co-host Chris Stark, the pair have built up an army of devoted listeners in recent years. So it must be with real mixed emotions that he's very recently announced that he's stepping away from the network, trading his current show for a new home on the airwaves of Radio 2, and stepping into the almighty shoes of radio legend Steve Wright. With an incredible career already under his belt, a really exciting second chapter is about to unfold. So what a fascinating time to be talking to him. Let's dial him up, shall we? It's Scott Mills. How you doing? Hi. I'm not sure I've ever had an intro as good as that. Do you know what? You have grafted, my friend, and here you are having... I mean, it is the second act, isn't it? You'd think there can't be anything bigger than Radio 1. Well, actually, there is. There's Radio 2. And here you are (laughs) walking into a slot that has been vacated for you. Yeah. I mean, by the way, I just want to say I'm thrilled to be on this podcast because I'm a big fan. And uh, so thanks for asking me. Uh, I don't actually listen to that many because I hear a lot of radio. But this is one of the ones. Um, So, yes, thank you. It's... um, it's a, a weird few weeks that I'm having. Uh, well, actually, it's been a, a weird few months, really, um, because obviously I've known about the the changes for a while. And then it's that whole thing, you know what it's like in this business of uh, keeping it under your hat and making sure that people don't know and, and not telling people. And, you know, so um, I feel glad that it's all out there and I'm gradually and it does take a while coming to terms with the radio one thing because i mean if i'm lucky 
That's over a quarter of my life that I've spent there, <laughs> or just round about, if I'm lucky. Uh, so that's a long time. So the show ended on August the 25th, and then I have until the end of October before I start on Radio 2. So I've got some time for a bit of reflection uh, to plan what the hell we're going to do on Radio 2 show. Um, and I'm, I'm actually just going to go, I'm actually going to go away on holiday, I think, because um, I'm aware that uh, it's been a lot over the last few months of like preparing myself for the end and then the end and everything that goes with that after such a long time. You almost need a palate cleanse, don't you? Because a little bit. They're such, they're such different beasts as well. Tonally, everything you have become loved for mm. at Radio 1, the pranks, the ridiculousness. That, I don't, you know, you have to work out where does that have a place at Radio 2 because it's a different listen. Um, it's a gear change for sure. And as well as prepping your big goodbye, you've also got to at the same time prep your big hello. Yeah, you've got to have one eye on the next thing as well. Um, yeah. But you, you want to get the end right. And you're, you're absolutely correct in what you say. Of course, um, there, there is a tone shift of sorts. And obviously, like some of the stuff you do on Radio 1, you would never do on Radio 2. But here's the thing. Just because you're a bit older... Don't stop having a sense of humour, <laughs> isn't it? No, exactly. Like when, you get, when you get to like 40 or 50, it's not like, oh, I don't like funny things anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if anything, you rely on it more. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like, if you think about, um, if you think about people who, the, the, the age group that ready to uh, do attract and want to attract, it's 35 plus. So actually, you should be playing... A load of 80s, 90s, 2000s, because the scary thing is the like if you think of like some tunes like, I don't know, Destiny's Child or TLC, or, they're 25 yeah. years old. I know, don't. Ah! I know, I know, I know. The you know? 90s is a bloody long time ago. It's 30 years. Yeah. And you've got to remember that, you know, and I think... Um, as you said, Radio 2 is the most popular radio station in Europe, but you have to evolve with people's age, yeah. you know? You do. And you've become part of the evolution, which is the relationship listeners have with radio networks, especially radios one and two, I think, are really in... I mean, they're life-standing. You just have your, your dial fixed, and these people become part of your everyday. So when you announce a goodbye and then a hello on another network, you get this kind of waves of, of reactions. What have they been like? Because obviously great sadness that you leave in Radio 1. How's, and how's the Radio 2 listenership come to receive the news? Um, it's generally been very positive. I'm actually Good. quite... Um, I'm quite overwhelmed by the messages that I've been getting because <clears throat> I know I know radio is a very personal thing, much more so than television, which is why I actually prefer it. Uh, and it will always be my first love. But what you can sometimes forget, as you just said, is it's a very personal thing. So you have soundtracked people's lives let me just like, let me just get a couple of them to give you a flavor of what i've been getting because i actually i've obviously knew we were going no, please, to be I'd love that. we were going to be doing this and um because i'm just like oh when i read them um so we just did a podcast me and chris about like leaving each other for now and you know going our separate ways chris who works on my show with me uh, chris stark who, who you literally have let me just ex uh, you know explain to the listeners that maybe don't know mm. what you've done for chris you brought him into radio you dropped him in as your mate yeah you've built him in he's become a, an incredible broadcaster yeah uh, having had the privilege of being your wingman and you afforded him that and it must be very sad for both of you and exciting to be sort of letting go for, for now. For now, yeah. And, you know, this is a chat that we had in Newquay. Our Radio 1 shows have been coming from Newquay and it's called um, Scott and Chris's Sunset Chat and we, it, oh. it goes deep. Uh, so I'll just let me just read this. Uh, yes, please. I haven't cried like that in public for so long. Uh, not sure which bit specifically, but let out an audible Yelp ugly cry at one point. <laughs> Thanks so much. I've listened to you for about 16 years. Um, there, there is, Kate, there are hundreds, and um, it's overwhelming if 
uh, like me, you sometimes don't realise when you're sat in a, your little box every day having fun, which primarily is what I do, and I love my job every single day. It's it's um, sometimes odd to think that you've had that much impact. Here's another one. I want to thank you for everything you've done over the years. I'm really sad to see you go, but you'll be great on radio too. Um, I'm an avid listener to both your radio shows on one and five live i'm 23 now but mm-hmm. i've been brought up listening to radio one since i was really young i used to listen to your drive time show on the way home from school oh god um and and then people saying this one in particular and i'm not going to name them it says as someone on the autistic spectrum i hate change so it's going to be particularly difficult to adjust to oh. but when i felt really low and lonely uh, you and Chris and your show have really cheered me up and feel like I'm not alone. That kind of thing really gets me. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I think you're so right, Scott. I don't think you can ever truly understand no, you can't. the power, the power of the relationship that you build because it's one way, right? You're talking to somebody without looking them in the eye. Yeah. And yet my you favorite feel thing to do, you, by the way, <laughs> which is your favorite thing to do. I know that because you are inherently quite shy. Yeah. Um, so this is the perfect medium for you, but you end up meaning something to people that you'll never meet. Yeah. And it's and it's only when you say goodbye that they get in touch to say this. So that must be that must be quite amazing. My mum always said to me, um, you're very good at your job, but you're not cut out for it. <laughs> like being in the public eye, you know. Um, so radio for me, I think that's why it's my favourite is my favourite because you can talk to a lot of people and get that reaction. But it's not overwhelming and you're not looking in their eyes. And, you know, I still um, sometimes struggle in front of like a live crowd or, you know, if I'm hosting a little bit, um, um, if I'm hosting an event or something like that, it's completely different radio. I know it. I know how to do it almost like breathing. I I just know it so well because I've done it for so many years since I was 16. So it's second nature to me. If you woke me up at 2 a.m. in the morning and went, do the radio, I could do it uh, after a coffee. But, um, yeah, you know, in the past I've struggled with television even because it's like, oh, God, I feel really self-conscious and and that you you can see me, you know. And definitely um, any kind of public speaking or... um, you know, hosting. However, I have to say for um, the best thing I ever did to conquer that was Strictly Come Dancing. Everything changed after that because nothing is more terrifying than knowing that 14, 15 million people are watching you about to do a dance, which you know you can't do. <laughs> oh, and listen, it's when that uh, the music comes, it goes, ah, you're like, oh, yeah, I can't listen. Yeah, I, I can't listen to that music now. I love, do you know, I was speaking to Zoe Ball about this earlier. I loved everything about that show, apart from the dancing. <laughs> it was, it, <laughs> it was such a joyous experience. But yeah, every time I hear the music now, I get a slight like, oh God. But, um, Actually, that show helped me in so many ways, uh, confidence-wise, I would say. Well, actually, that takes me really nicely to my first question for you, Scott, because uh, it is with that in mind that I drafted this for you. Okay. I wanted to talk about what comes next, this big, wide-open space you're about to jump into over at Radio 2, and I know it qualifies as one of life's genuine pinch me moments. So as you embark on this incredible new chapter, I wanted to revisit the other pinch me moments that have got you here. So going back to the very beginning, when did you first have to pinch yourself? And can you take me on a journey of basically bruises? Because <laughs> you've been pinching yeah, so hard. Okay. So um, I think for me, as a little radio geek in my bedroom, even being on the radio when I was 16, just on like my local station, I I genuinely thought that would be it. And actually, I would have been happy with that. Really? What, on Power FM? Yeah, I like, I just loved it so much that um, the idea that I would ever be on Radio 1 or anything of that level is would be ridiculous to me. So there have been many pinch me moments, but the ones that really stand out for me, when I got the job at Radio 1, and I remember I'd sent in so many recordings of me, and they're like, oh, that's not quite right, it's not quite right. I want to say over four years, 
I was sending stuff and they're like, eh, it's not quite what we're looking for. Like, it's good, but it's not quite Radio 1. And I was like, I, I was in danger of becoming a pest. So I was like, right, I'm going to send one more, one more demo. Uh, I'd even been in there to like have a look round. Uh, and then I had a chat with the controller at the time and then they were like, look, we love you, but there's, it's, it's not quite right. So I'd, I'd had the tease about, you know, going oh. into the studios and having a look around. And then they were like, no. And then I said to myself, I remember, and I send one more. And then that, if that doesn't work, Scott, then you've still had an amazing career. You've been uh, worked at, you've worked at bigger stations each time. So you worked in Southampton, you worked in Bristol, you worked in Manchester, and then you got to London, which really, in my head, I never, that would be the ultimate for me, like getting a show in London. And I did that and I had done yeah. that. So I was like, I'm going to give it one more shot at Radio 1 and I sent in this demo and then they called me and they were like will you come and meet us and I was like well I've already met you so I came round and had a look you know blah blah and they were like no no meet us in this restaurant in Soho and I was like why do they want to meet me if it's a no again so I was like but I didn't get my hopes up it was a meeting with me and Lorna Clark who is now like the head 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 of, of yeah. 1 and 2 and 6 they're the head of pop and at the time Lorna was editor at Radio 1 and we went out for dinner and she was like I'd like to offer you the early breakfast slot on Radio 1 and that was my real pinch me where I remember we had a lovely dinner and then I got a trip myself to a black cab home Whoa, and making it I, literally, I know which at the time was like look at me in my black cab I know and I remember, I seem to remember it was really hot. So all the windows of the black cab were open and I rang my mum on probably my Nokia and was like, mum, mum, I've got a job at Radio 1, mum, I've got a job at Radio 1. And she cried, I cried. And that was the first moment where I was like, I can't believe this is happening to me. I, I literally, it was like an out of body experience because this is the, this is the, the, the place that I, I literally had listened to and, and adored and admired and thought was so massive. And it was from London and blah. And it was and, and like, I couldn't believe, I just couldn't believe it, Kate. I, I, I just couldn't get my head around it. I couldn't compute. So that was the first pinch me moment. The second one came four days into my new job at Radio One, where I'm doing early breakfast show. You're on a, that's that's four till seven, yeah? No, four till four till yeah, seven a.m. Yeah. yeah, four till half six, four to half six. So I am nervous, but I'm doing it. Okay, so it's day four, and then someone comes in at about six, uh, one of the producers, and goes. Hey, um, we can't get hold of Zoe Ball. So, do you do you want to do the breakfast show? And I was like, um, it's day four. So they were like, hey, like, and I was a smoker at the time. So they were like, listen, go outside, have a smoke, <laughs> and then you can decide if you want to do it or not. Because we can call Chris Moyles, and he can come and do it. But we're giving you the option if you want to do it, because I, I don't think Zoe was well or something. And me and her always talk about this. And I was like, so terrified. So I did the show and I obviously had full concentration. It's not like now where I could like send a text or whatever on my phone at the same time. And I got off air. I was literally shaking all the way through. And I got my phone and it was like messages going, it's like, why are you doing the breakfast show on Radio 1? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, and actually, thanks, Zoe, because since that, since that moment, which was day four in September 1998, I covered the breakfast show ever since. Wow. That's a nice day. Yeah, job. it's all right, wasn't it? Uh, so I covered it all through uh, uh, Zoe doing it and then Sarah Cox and Chris Moyles and Nick Grimshaw yeah. and Greg James. So Zoe did me a solid there. Thanks, though. And then the third one, they're all quite early on in Radio 1 because these are when the real pinch me moments happened. About two weeks after that, someone uh, was like, oh, you look young and you've got spiky hair. You look a bit like Scott from Five. Do you want to do Top of the Pops? And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, right then. And 
as you know, that show um, it wasn't li- it wasn't live at the t- uh, at the time. I had done no television, like nothing, not one bit. And I remember thinking, well, I'd be a fool to not. Um, so it was at Elstree back then, I remember. And I just remember all this crowd around me. And they all start going, yeah! And all I had to say is this big camera came towards me was, it's Friday night. It's still number one. It's top of the pop. No, it's 7.30. It's still number it's 7.30, yeah. you would know this. It's 7.30, it's still number one, it's Top of the Pops. And then they all cheered. Camera pulls out and they cheer, yeah. And then I'm like, well, what is, I've never done this before in my life. So this big camera was coming towards me and I thought I better speak. And someone was like, go, in my ear. <laughs> so I did the first link. I didn't have a clue. I only did about three because I was rubbish. Surprisingly, I've never done it before. Um, but then I remember going in, like literally doing the first link, and I actually went and threw up. I can so understand that, though, Scott. <laughs> Do you remember in the cafe? I remember having my lunch. We had a lunch break because it was an all day record, really. And I remember uh, it was like a, your standard work canteen, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But full of people from EastEnders remember, and Bono. Yes. So the, the, the combination of people was so wild. So I remember on my second one, um, I actually haven't thought about this for years, but this, this is bringing the flashbacks. So queuing up for food were Beyonce, uh, Kelly, Michelle, Destiny Shell, and Barbara Windsor. Barbara, can you handle this? <laughs> but literally in the same queue. And I'm like, what is my life? But that's what, you know what? When you used to get a car to pick you up for the top of the pops, I can still remember now I'd go, literally I'd say it out loud to myself, I'm just getting in my car to go to the top of the it's pops. Like, craziness, what? Craziness. <laughs> Whose life is this? Yeah. It's amazing. It's Tell amazing. I so I understand. I understand why you felt that. Was it a pinch me moment when you got away with your job intact, having been drunk on air after going to the Brits at Radio 1? Not all. I, do you know what? Like, the, the more that time goes by, the, the the less and less proud I am of that. I No, not proud, but, like, you're, I, you're amazed that you I'm, pulled it I'm off. I'm amazed that I still have my job. Do you know what happened? <laughs> it was one of those things when you're... And there's no excuse for this, by the way, but when you're young, um, I'd never been to the Brits, and I just got carried away with the night it was the and i remember which brits it was it was the justin and kylie brits ah that was and a good one i was just so blown away by it and i remember someone saying to me hey what time are you on air and i went 4am and they went well it's two now and i was like oh okay i've uh, i've really messed this up so yeah i've i've managed to have all the audio deleted uh but <laughs> yeah but thankfully i'm um I'm still here, but yeah, fair play because that was uh, that was a ridiculous That's show. It's horrible, isn't it? Oh, yeah, horrible. Scott, I had a very similar experience post Brits with Richard Madeley. Oh man, right? I stayed up all night. So I was I was doing it was me and Claudia Winkleman were covering entertainment for this morning. Richard and Judy days, right? I got the Brits. Brilliant. I don't go to bed because there's part of me that's going, I'm from Cheltenham. Yeah. I don't belong here. And they're saying that I do. So I'm going to go. Well, right? It's the fear of missing out. You're like, well, what am I going to miss? Like, I've, ne- I'm, <clears throat> I've never been in this position. I'm not from a family of like show business. I'm literally a boy from Eastleigh in Hampshire. Bit like what you're saying. And it's the fear of like, well, I might miss something here. Yeah. This could be the only time ever that I get asked this. So yes. So then I go and I say, it's okay. I've only got to do four minutes on the sofa. Richard will probably, you know, Richard and Judy ask me lots of questions. It's four questions. So I'm like, right, sod it. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, get into work the next morning. It's another sickness story. Judy's not well. Hey, Kate, says Rich, do you want to do the whole show? I was hammered. I, my first time hosting this morning, no talk back, pissed with Richard Madeley. Help me. That makes me feel a lot better. (laughs) Cheers. <laughs> okay, my next question for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. we uh, have already alluded to, there's going to be a bit of a tonal shift uh, as you move over to Radio 2. It's a bit of a different animal, to say the least. And the show you and Chris have built up on Radio 1, it's loud, it's raucous, it's silly, and it's created some hugely hilarious moments. So I wanted to know from you, what have been those standout pranks, those moments that you will take away in your memory box and keep forever? It's interesting what you said about that, because obviously I think uh, the show and, and me are quite known for pranks. But actually, um, in recent years, the show has become a bit less pranky. And I'll tell you why. I think some of them could be misconstrued and they were never meant to be as a bit mean sometimes. Right. And um, as we, you well, know, times have changed, right? They, they massively have. Now, I, I don't want to say that we were ever like really, really mean to somebody on the phone. But generally with pranks, the laughter is at someone else's expense. And even 10 or so years ago, we actually thought about this and was like, mm, and this doesn't feel quite comfortable, you know? Now, I will say that with every single prank um, that I've ever done, you have to get the permission of people involved. You can't just play something on the radio or, or telly. No, no, so, no. So they, they have to be approved. So they have it, to right? go, I'm okay with that. I'm fine with this joke. And uh, otherwise you cannot play it. So they all said it was fine. But I just think even 10 or so years ago, we kind of made the pranks more insular. So it would be it would be a prank on Chris or it would be a prank on Becky, who was on the show, or, or Fern Cotton, who was another one of my fellow DJs. So it wasn't... It didn't seem as as harsh, maybe, to the to unsuspecting public, you know, because I just had yeah. a, a little alarm in my head of like, oh, I don't. It's it's maybe a, it could. I don't think that the, we were, but it could be seen as a little bit mean, you know, and, and that I, I it just yeah. kind of flagged in my head. Anyway, so yeah, you're right. I mean, I probably won't be doing a lot of pranks on two, but a lot of the the humour of the show is more, I would say, observational now, and actually comes a lot from the listeners and what and what and their stories and stuff that's happened to them. It's become um, in a way that you couldn't really do probably even when I was on drive time, 
the amount of interaction you get now through social media, like people will just jump on and go, you'll never guess what happened to me today, Scott. And that was harder to do back then. Like when I got drive time, it was like 2003, uh, 2004, sorry. So actually, I think you could just about text in. Um, yeah, just, just about. God, you've seen so much tech change, haven't you? So much. And you're right. The way you interact now is so immediate. So immediate. And actually, they, they give you so much content, yeah. now, the listeners, because they and can. the listeners kind of uh, run the show. But that wasn't possible mm -hmm. back then. If you remember doing radio and TV back then, um, you know, uh, we're not... I mean, it was a while ago now, but we remember a time where people were reading out letters on children's television... Yeah. Right. So um, it's changed a lot in 24 years that I've been there where I think you could just about send a text. You could definitely email, but it wasn't instant. And that's why and how and better for it that the show has has changed, I think. Inyona Bingo, obviously amazing. We've had like Daniel Radcliffe play Inyona Bingo. Craziness. <laughs> Hugh Jackman played Inyona Bingo. Um, and, but then I do think the Jennifer Aniston one uh, is up there with uh, one of the best because she was so great. So it was a prank on my co-host, Chris Stark. And she is lovely and had done an interview with him before where she was obviously lovely because she is. So... I took her aside beforehand and was like, he's had quite an easy ride with superstar interviews up until now. Maybe we could just crank it up a bit. So <laughs> I had a list of the questions he was going to ask. And I said to her, she came, she came through before, before she met Chris. And she was like, right. So she was so good. She was like, right. So what do you need? She was, yeah, she it, was yeah? so in it. <laughs> she was like, what do you need? What do you need? And I was like, right. When he asked question six, can you slightly turn on him? And she was like, mm, I'm not that comfortable with that question. And you can see Chris's face like drain, like, <laughs> um, because she is so amazing. And so lovely to everyone. Like, she's just one of those people. Like, lovely, lovely. Like, the best. Like, one of the best people I've ever met in terms of how famous they are versus how lovely they are. But she was like, I don't want to be that mean, but I'm going to turn the screw a little bit. She didn't have to be that mean because you could see his face just go like, whoa. Um, and then I burst in and it's all fine. But um, just to be able to pull that off... Um, with her help was quite incredible because it was at one of those soulless film junkets that you have to go to where, uh, where everyone has to, um, you go to a, um, a hotel yeah. in London a hotel. and they want to talk about their new film, which this one was like Horrible Bosses too, And everyone files in. And so ITV will go in and Good Morning Britain will go in and then Radio 1 will go in and Radio 2 will go in. And you get four minutes and four questions, that's it. And you have a publicist going, you have four minutes starting now. Um, and, ah, and you're like that. Tell me yeah, about yeah, the film and, really quickly. <laughs> and yeah, and literally, yeah. you don't have any time. And there is someone I had one recently where the 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 person um, I could see in my eyesight was in my eye line was literally giving me a countdown with their fingers of like ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, and stop. Yeah. Um, they literally you have no, and they will say something like, "You it's have three tough. minutes fifty-seven, and then that's it." And you're like, <laughs> "What?" So the fact that we managed to do that at a film junket and it wasn't just asking questions about Horrible Bosses 2, I think we did well. Yeah, and you know what? You're right about her being lovely. lovely. I did a, a shoot with them. I did a shoot that took me a year to set up with the cast of Friends, yeah. just the girls, for Mary Claire. And um, then my luggage got lost. Oh. So I arrived in LA and I, and I was staying at the Mondrian, Fine. which is lovely. Uh, but they had, no, they had no shop in the foyer. And I turned up on set. So the idea was I'd be there for a week and I'd follow a whole episode of yes. Friends, right? From the writer's room yeah. to the record, which was amazing. amazing, let me tell you. So by the second day, I've turned up and I'm still in the same clothes, <laughs> right? And I, it's not like I've, I, 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 I've not nipped out to buy anything. And she's like, are you okay? And I said, yeah, my, my bag's not turned up. And um, so I'm literally wearing what I travelled in, but I've washed it through every night in the hotel. And she was like, why didn't you say? So then I, Next day, she turns up with a, with clothes that she bought in from home for me, including her knickers. No. I mean, like, 
Yeah, how lovely is that? That is service. She's amazing. Yes, one of the best people. Too, too lovely. What about when the pranks go wrong? Katy Perry, that was awesome. Ah, yeah, so that was... Um... That was a weird one. So, but by the way, you can't do twenty-four years of this stuff and not have something go wrong. This was so, just really you know. misjudged, and like me and her have had a chat with it um, <laughs> about it since. And she's like, "I remember um, we did this thing called You Control Katy Perry, and it was kind of like it was before Instagram and before Twitter. I think you could, I think you could like message in on forum or something. So the idea was like, it's me and Katy Perry at the height of her fame." in a white box in London, right? And it's like, the listeners control what she does. So do we do painting? Do we play a silly game? Do we do whatever, whatever, whatever? And um, and someone suggested, why don't you get a Russell Brand impersonator? And I was like, that's actually a good idea. Someone had suggested that before we did it, a couple of weeks before. So we got this guy from Leicester who, I'll be honest with you, didn't look much like Russell Brand on the Lookalikes website. <laughs> he turns up on the day like hello i'm here for the katy perry thing he looks exactly like russell brand oh um now i will caveat this by saying i think that there were things like she was married to actual russell brand at the time but i think that that they they weren't having a good time which obviously we didn't know so no, absolutely misjudged no. we send in russell brand from leicester and she's like halfway through, I don't know, graffitiing the wall, the white wall. And she turns around and she's like, oh, my God. And she does think it's him. And then she ran off and cried. Oh, you. And I was like, we have massively messed this up. Because oh. I think she did think for a split second it was him. And you don't know what's going on in someone's life. Maybe they were having troubles or who knows. No. Anyway, so that didn't go well at all. And I remember going, God, we've still got half an hour of the broadcast to go. And she's in the room, like, going, I'm not going back out there. I'm not going back out there. I'm not going back out there. And I literally had to go in there and go, I'm so sorry. We've misjudged this so much. And I'm really, I'm so sorry. And she went, it's okay. You just better play my fucking records forever. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> But I was stressed. I mean, that, and that is leverage, right? If only she realised you had me <laughs> yeah. over the playlist, but there we oh, are. But, uh, I was... yeah, but, but ballsy, yeah, I that, like that. That took oh years off my life. Scott, you must have been absolutely uh, crapping yourself in that One point. of the worst. One of the worst. If not the worst. Yes. But yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about who else sits above her that you would not want to piss off at that point in her career. Beyonce, that's about it. Yeah. That was about it. Maybe Rihanna. Maybe Rihanna. <laughs> Who is amazing also. Do you remember, <laughs> uh, like, when I've interviewed her several times, she's always, like, five hours late. And I was on, I was live on air on Radio 1. I was like, Rihanna's coming up. Rihanna's coming up. Rihanna's coming up. And she actually, this is, like, the early days of Twitter. She actually replied to me. Uh, I put, Rihanna's coming up on the show. I tweeted that out. And she put, be there soon. <laughs> and replied. <laughs> uh, she, it was two hours later. But, you know, she... she um, she she got there and the thing is with rihanna when she does arrive she is incredible so it was worth the wait she is she good i've not i've not had the pleasure oh one of the best yeah Katy perry rihanna mariah carey those are my top three i think that's amazing i mean see listen scott you know you're talking about 24 years spent at radio one what an incredible experience you've had there and yeah i can understand why you know saying goodbye is going to be a tricky one for you yes it's going to be difficult um i'm already finding like i think for a bit, little bit i was a bit in denial but then as the weeks start to thunder by you're like okay this is actually happening and you start to see dates in diaries in your phone diary of like oh why am i not on air that day oh because i've left <laughs> 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 and um and then you it becomes really <laughs> yeah yeah then it becomes really real but um actually the chat on the beach with chris really helped and um everyone's last show is going to be emotional you know and a lot of it um they they hadn't told me because um they wanted it to be secrets and surprises so yeah that's for the it's, best um, it, I think it is. And actually, the, the chat with Chris 
was you when you say goodbye it's available as a podcast now so is it on bbc sounds bbc sounds uh scott and chris sunset chat if you search my name you'll find it uh which takes me really nicely to my final question for you I wanted to talk about double acts because you and Chris are amongst the very best in the business. You found Chris when he was doing student radio in Southampton. I think it's probably fair to say you saw a lot of yourself in him. Yeah. Um, You brought him onto your show occasionally. You introduced him as my friend Chris. And within a few years, he was there every day as a permanent fixture. I mean, what a gift to give to a young radio head. Um, You put your faith and support in Chris and, and so much good came from it. So I wanted to explore when else in life You've had that experience where you've put your faith and your support and your friendship behind something and and what it's what it's reaped by way of rewards. Well, do you know, um, when um, Laura, my friend who used to be on my show, uh, heard the podcast that I was just talking about, we were just talking about, she messaged me going, you probably don't realise as much but you did exactly the same for me. It's kind of like paying it forward, oh, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, Laura used to work on my show uh, when we first started Drive Time, Laura Busson, uh, who Laura Sayers before she was married. And um, we used to do a big thing on the show with her called Laura's Diary and One Night with Laura. And she was the same. I just saw a spark in Laura and I was like, you are so good. You just need to be you just need to be kind of like crafted and you'll be amazing. But just like, but, but this once again really happened by a chance meeting. She was, um, she did like a work attachment, um, a placement at radio one. And then she was placed on my show and we just got on famously. Like she just had the same sense of humor. And I just thought you're, you're already good, but you're going to be amazing. Um, and now is second in charge at radio two. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and she was like, "So she heard the Scott and Chris. Um, why am I talking about myself in third person? That's me. Uh, she heard that mine and Chris's um, <laughs> podcast, and she was like, well, you did the same for me. So thank you for believing in me.' And here's why I do this. And I've had quite a lot of messages like that going, Scott, you didn't realise actually, I got into radio because of you." and listening to your show and then you helped me by getting me to talk to this person or that person i feel like i've done it more than i realize um because it's in my nature and i'll tell you why i think that is um because when i was 14 15 and writing to my local radio station which is ocean and power in southampton um there was one guy that really took a chance on me and his name was Chris Carnegie, and at that point he was um, the really the the program controller of uh, of those stations. So I used to go out and help when I was still at school. I'd be like helping out around the office, and then he sent me a letter one day. I've still got the letter, and it says, uh, "I know I, I know you've been helping out with stuff around here." Because obviously you don't get paid. That's the nature of it. When you start doing this, it's all you're doing it for no. love, not money. So it's a voluntary. And um, he's like, I know that you, um, you you would love to be on air, and I think we may now have a, an opportunity um, if you want to come and have a tryout. And then at the end of the letter, which I still have, it says, "Send me a tape quick, and I'll make you a star." Oh, Chris Carnegie, what a ledge. Are you still in touch? He is a ledge. Yeah, we do speak from time to time because he didn't have to take a chance on me, but he did because he saw something. And he also saw mm-hmm. that I was a... Um, it's also to do with if you're a nice person and a kind person. I wouldn't do it for people that weren't. But if I see something in someone and I think they're a decent human being... I will always try because he yeah. he did it for me all of those years ago. And I truly don't believe that I would be here speaking to you now if he hadn't have taken that chance because why did he? And I think, yeah. I think it's because he saw how keen I was. He saw how much I wanted to do it. He saw my fire for it, like I've seen with Chris, like I saw with Laura and some others. Um, and 
he took a chance on me and 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 it's easy to go and chris has said this before to me he's like well why was it me and it's hard to pinpoint why but i do think it's because it's the same that chris carnegie spotted in me it's the uh the passion the absolute passion for it the wanting to do it so bad and going about it in a polite way you know yeah. not being not being disrespectful like you do get people and i have had this as well that really want to work in the industry so hard but they don't go about it in the way that i would like they're too full on or a bit too bolshy and a bit too you know i'm gonna get this whatever and a bit extra a bit yeah. extra and like that was never my approach or the approach of anyone that i just mentioned or have helped um yeah because i just but i think as well if you're going to promote somebody you've got to feel like your reputation's in good hands when you endorse them well yeah i so... just don't want to i don't want to be a recommender dickhead do i no, 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 exactly. But you obviously saw, isn't it interesting that this story is sort of bookended by two Chris's. So Chris Carnegie saw so much yeah. in you that you then recognised all those years later in Chris Stark. And and then you've got Laura, who no doubt would have been privy to all of the conversations around the big changes at Radio 2. Mm. Um, well, and, and she would have because, been in the room. Um, I, think, I think Laura was, um, definitely was, because she is... Um, number two there. Is number two there. But I think, um, see, I've been uh like doing bits depping on radio 2 since uh, 2018 20 oh easy and then you've done the five live bridge yeah, in between that happened as well <laughs> but isn't it yeah exactly which is pretty epic too yeah. and that's a different kind of broadcasting that's speech radio yeah. which um that's like your stabilizers come off there's no there's no three and a half minutes to hide behind with music and that it's 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 a baptism by fire that's the reason I wanted to do it, you know. Um, I, I, me and Chris got offered the opportunity to do Five Live, and um, I am sad that that's ending too because it's been three years and it's been brilliant. And the reason I did it because when they said, "Do you want to do Five Live?" I was like, "Does it, anyone realise this is sport?" Which I don't know anything <laughs> about. Um, and they were like, "No, we don't want sport, really. We do want a flavour of sport, but we also want to have an a, like an entertainment Saturday morning show." So me and Chris were thrilled to do that, and we've had a ball doing it. And also, it's been produced by one of my best friends and someone that used to produce me on Drive Time back in the day, Emlyn Dodd, who who is you know is my best producer. So we've had we've got the chance to work together again. And um, I wanted to do that show to prove to myself that I could do. I mean, it's not intelligent talk, Kate, don't get me wrong, but it is talk for two hours. And um, Five Live is, in, is the home of intelligent talk. So not there is that an show. expectation. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, it's proven to me that. It's you're right. It takes the it takes the st stabilizers off. You can't just play yeah. Justin Bieber. You've got to keep going. And um, and I it, it proved to me and to Chris because we were terrified when we started. It's a whole new ball game that. And you hear people on Five Live and you hear people on LBC and you go oh, fair good. play because you are talking and you're bringing it for three solid hours. That to me. I have massive respect for anyone that does talk radio because it's a different ball game. I love it as well. And it educates me minute by minute, hour by hour. We just recently had on uh, Sheila Fogarty, who's one yeah, of my favourites. I love her. Um, and, you know, just I don't think she realises how good she is and how hard her job is because yeah. she's been doing it for so long. Yeah, um, it's second nature her charm, to her. It? But yeah. it's a bit, yeah. you know, but she is actually one of my faves um yeah me too you know fair play to anyone that can do that for any length of time because that is a skill a, like a real skill but how lovely scott that you've been able to um extend the kindness that was shown to you in the first instance of, of your career and that you've never forgotten that because people do you know and you're right it, it's what keeps you nice and on the right side of good but people sometimes do become overwhelmed by their own success, their own sense of self-importance. Um, how do you think you've managed to not turn into... A monster. A dick. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, do you know, part of the reason I think is because I'm just, that's just not my character, which I think is, it's just not. I'm not, I don't really have an ego for really. And um, so that helps. And then I think another part of it is that it's been really uh, quite slow. Like, obviously, there's been 24 years on, on Radio 1. But if you think I was sending in those tapes for like four years and getting knockbacks, I got knockbacks from so many. Um, I remember like uh, just before Radio 1, I was applying for like, do you remember all the channels like Nickelodeon and Trouble and all yeah. those? Like they weren't interested. Blue Peter said no, blah, blah, blah. So um, I, so it's a mixture of it, it actually being, it, it wasn't instant. You know, you know, like when you see people on, uh, I don't know, maybe on talent shows where it's instant fame. Oh, fast, fast track. Yeah. Fast fame. And that is overwhelming, especially for for young people, I think. And I'm not I'm not sure that I would be able to uh, deal with that personally. I, I'm just not that kind of guy. I also um, because, as you said, I am uh, inherently shy, which people don't expect. I've actually got the perfect level really, because you can get all of the love and all of the lovely things and kind things that people say, but you're not on telly every day. So you will get some people going, oh my God, I love your show. And, and everyone is always kind, but like 99.9% of the time. So you get all of the good bits, but I always think about someone like Davina or Derma, like I can still take my bins out. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Walk down the street. Yeah, or get the tube. Yeah, that. But you know what? They both they both do both of those things yeah, they because do. you just they do. They really do. And um and yeah, but I understand what you're saying. You've got it at you found your sweet I spot. I found with the this. sweet spot, that's what I'm saying. And um yeah. I also think it's because um it's a mixture of that. It's, it was a slow burn. <laughs> uh I was on I did early breakfast on Radio One for five years before I even got a chance of doing yeah. like daytime. So that's gonna ground you. Uh that two AM alarm. Nothing grounds you like that, eh? Um and then one is because I'm not really that guy, two is because it was so slow, and three is because I've actually been managed by um some some very kind people along the way and some really good people chris carnegie is the first then there's a guy called steve orchard who was at my second radio station in bristol which at the time was you'll know this gwr gwr yeah um steve orchard yeah. was extremely kind to me and then keith pringle and mark story in in manchester um and then Keith, who went to Ron Hart in London, and then uh, Andy Parfit and Ben Cooper, and now Aled at Radio 1 and Helen at Radio 2. All of these people have been extremely good to me along the way. A lot, you know? Yeah. Uh, especially in those early days. You've, you've, but you've earned your, stri your stripes, Scott. You know, you can't, you can't, I hope, have imposter syndrome when you know that you are where you are because you worked to get yeah. there. You didn't win it in a competition. No. You, it wasn't a phone vote. But, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but I do feel that wherever you start new, whether it was at like Bristol or Manchester, they are, they are still taking a little chance on you. You know, so it is like starting mm -hmm. again. And this feels like this new chapter. You know, I do feel like the new boy again, which I quite like. <laughs> yeah, do you know, we had recently, we had, um, and you are, you are, you know, for the Radio 2 listener, uh, the supply teacher's going full time, right? Yeah, right. That's, it's that's, the, that's the, exactly I, that's probably... the analogy. I had George North on not so long ago, mm. and so much of your story sounds like his. In as much as that, if, so he said he grew up as a forces kid, so moving around constantly. Yeah. And his love affair with radio started because he would find out about his community that he'd been sort of thrust into by just listening to the local radio. Yeah. And then he did all the, I mean, he's done all the groundwork that you've done. There's great parallels between the two because he understands the relationship that exists between broadcaster and listener. And it sounds very pompous to say that, but it's a really real thing. You are a friend at a distance. He, yeah, and he is, um, he's a perfect example. And I'm glad you mentioned him because I love Jordan. I think that he is the, I mean, he's the future of Radio 1, I think, and um, is already doing great things there because um, he is a grafter, you know, he really is. And 
he he would be the kind of person that I would have helped back then. I mean, he doesn't need my help now. <laughs> but like, I met he was on my show. Like, he was a caller on my show like years ago when he was a kid. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Like it. Um, so you'll love this. So um, he was on the air, and we were like, "Let's speak to Jordan from Burnley." Blah blah. And the clip does exist somewhere, even though he kind of hates it now. But he's fine talking about it. And um, for some reason, came on air and talked about his mum's boob job. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> so I go, "Where do you, where did you get, where did she get them done?" Like trying to make conversation. And then he shouted. Mom, where did you get your boobs done? And um, and that became a clip on our show that we used to play for years. And that was Jordan. And that was Jordan North. Amazing! So, yeah, I love oh, him. I love, I love him. He is, like I said, he's the future. He's done all the hard work, and he deserves every bit of it. Oh, well, as do you. I mean, listen, you're about to move into a really huge um, pair of shoes of Steve Wright, probably somebody that you listened to, loved growing mm. up. So much of what he did in his early days at Radio 1, there are parallels. I mean, like, for all the pranking you did, he had the Jerky Brothers, do you remember those? That felt revolutionary, yeah, yeah. didn't it? Um, have, have you spoken with Steve about you stepping into his slot? Have you... Do you know, he's been brilliant because uh, I mean, he... Me and him have always had a... Like, every time I've been in at Radio 2... He will always like be on the talk back going, hello, friend. You know, so he's like, to me, he is like a god, you know. So this is mad. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he was, my mum picked me up from school and Steve Wright was on the radio and is still incredible on the radio. The, one of our best broadcasters. No doubt about it. Without a doubt, like yeah. The, yeah. And yeah, do you yeah. know what I love about Steve? Many things, but it's stuff that I hope that my show also has, which is the personality, but it also has pace and energy and, and it's a skill and his attention to detail. I love that. You don't hear... That like nothing yeah. goes wrong. It's really it's a massive, big, glossy listen, um, and a lot of people that aren't in radio or or in the industry might not understand why he sounds so good. But it's for all of those things. The music never stops; it keeps coming. The pace of it is incredible, and for, to be able to turn that out day in, day out for what is it now, forty plus years. That's incredible. Mad respect I have. Yeah, absolutely. I echo everything you say and then some. He's a wonderful yeah. guy, and um, I, and I know that he's been very gracious in stepping aside and wishing you nothing but success. And he really has. You know that's important, mm. isn't it? It's really important that you you can um, you can go with his blessing. It is, and, and step up to that mic and open it. Yeah, and I feel like that, and I also feel that um, like if you told me when. Uh, my mum was picking me up from school that Steve Wright, that I would have almost like his blessing me as a broadcaster, I would never have believed you in a million years. He is like up there. Yeah, he's like, he's like the Santa of radio. You can't believe he exists. Yeah, incredible <laughs> broadcaster. Yeah, a lovely man. And I really, as I'm sure you do, look forward to hearing whatever it is that he does next. But um, I will be tuning in in October to hear you open that mic, uh, not as a supply teacher, but as Scott Mills, who does Radio 2 in the afternoon. Um, congratulations. The, the, the radio dream just keeps on giving for you, Scott. Thank you so much. I've really, really enjoyed this chat also. Continued success, Scott. Um, I really look forward to the next 24 years. Thank you so much. I've loved every single minute. Thank you, Kate. And of course, if you want to hear more chat with great broadcasters and radio legends, look no further than our back catalogue, where you'll find episodes with Simon Mayo, Chris Moyles, Jordan North, Emma Barnett, Dave Berry, Richard and Judy, Kate Lawler, Nikki Chapman, Fern Britton, Vic Hope, Michelle Visage, Angela Griffin, Amanda Holden, Eamon Holmes, Ben Shepherd, Roman Kemp, Sheila Fogarty, and so many more. 
My thanks to Ben Robbins and the Yahoo Studios team who produced the show with me. Editing is by Andy Agson and our music comes courtesy of Andy Bell. I'll be back next Friday with more great guests. Until then, thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 